This show is proudly sponsored by Coinspot.com.au, with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today's guest, well, he's all the way from LA, Los Angeles, as he comes through a very wet summer, in, sorry, a very wet winter into a wonderful summer, I hope you get, mate. We've got Brad Yassar, who is a CEO of Beyond Enterprises, and he's going to have some pretty cool stories to tell us today, I'm sure. Thanks for being on the show today, mate. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Now, look, First things first, let's kick off with a bit of an intro to yourself, where you've come from. I know you started in the blockchain space about 2016, but what sort of led to where you're at or what, what led to you discovering and getting involved in blockchain in 2016? Well, I have to go back a few decades to answer that question. So um, I was born in Turkey and uh, I got my first computer when I was six years old. Wow. And um, my dad gave me a choice between a bike and a computer. I already had a bike, so computer was the obvious choice. But um, started getting involved with programming right shortly thereafter because there wasn't a lot of uh, software available at those times to just download for free yeah. or purchase or get. I mean, it was a, a pretty uh, long ordeal to get a, a boxed software from Europe or, or the States to, to Turkey to just uh, enjoy it. And, and so that led to me um, selling my first software at age wow. nine and, and selling that company uh, uh, before I was 16. So that was my foray into um, software, hardware, and it also kind of introduced me to cryptography because um, at those days there were copyright protection on all the software so you couldn't make copies of it. Uh, and and um, I, I wanted to make copies of the software. So uh, that was the first introduction to learning about cryptography and encryption and hashes and how to uh, Work with them or around them, if you like it. Um, so that's that's the start of the journey. Then, of course, there was not much happening in the cryptocurrency or blockchain space for quite some time. Uh, I mean, the earliest white papers were late 90s. And, uh, and, and my involvement with blockchain was in 2009. Uh, I wow. received I received three packages from uh, a friend of mine who was a CTO, and he said, compile these. You're going to love it. Um, I did compile them and I did fall in love. One was a Bitcoin node, one was a wallet, and the other one was a miner. Um, so that was my start. I wasn't some visionary or I didn't think this was going to uh, change the world. I was just uh, a gamer and a technologist who received three uh, unknown files to compile and accepted the challenge, knowing that 
they might have been viruses or, or you know, some keylogger. Who, who knows? I mean, your friends play uh, practical jokes on you all the time. So yes. I, uh, you know, I checked the code, compiled them, started mining Bitcoin. It was... Uh, it was very intriguing for me because uh, I have a gaming background. So digital assets and currency was not a new, new idea. It wasn't mm. shocking that uh, some, something that has no physical presence can have value. Uh, but Bitcoin was uh, quite interesting because of mining and, and because of the structure of, of uh, you know, the blockchain. So that's, you know, led me into the, the, the community, the, the industry. I uh, dabbled a little bit with Litecoin when it came out, then uh, participated in the original sale of, uh, uh, of Ethereum after bumping into Vitalik at an event where he had these printouts that he was passing, uh, you know, uh, stating his, his mission and what he, you know, uh, wanted to do with Ethereum. So I, you know, I, I thought from 2010 till maybe um, 14, I, I looked at a bunch of opportunities to bring, bring a business model because yeah. that was my hobby on the side. I mean, I wasn't doing mining as, as a professional endeavor or I wasn't, you know, <clears throat> uh, playing around with the blockchain for a professional reason. And I wanted to build a business around it because more I uh, interacted and uh, used it, more exciting it was, especially in the money transfer and mm -hmm. settlements where, uh, you know, my wires uh, would take 48 hours to land. And with Bitcoin, it was, I mean, in the early 2010-11, it was minutes immediately. So that gave me a couple ideas. I uh, pitched those ideas around, tried to uh, talk to uh, people who I had done business with or who had invested in, in projects that I was involved with, and no one was interested. Yeah. It was just like, that's, that's not a business, that's not real, uh, go away kind of conversations, even from people who knew me and uh, whom I had a relationship with. So Shelf That participated in Ethereum, a couple other projects uh, that, that my friends built, uh, like Tether or, or MasterCoin or, or things like that, that were the original ICO, the original stable coin. But... Um, I was never a voice. I was never vocal. I was never present. I was always uh, in the shadows, minding my own business, just, you know, keeping up. And, and in 2016, two things happened. I, I was running a very successful uh, digital marketing agency, and uh, we parted ways with my business partner, which was a blessing in disguise because had that not happened, I wouldn't look for what's happening and mm. what's going on in different uh, industries, different uh, areas of technology that I felt strongly connected to. And, and uh, once that happened, I took three months off, just um, traveled a little and just looked at what was happening. And every, everywhere I went, there was a little bit more conversation around uh, Bitcoin and blockchain than the year before or the year before that. And it was, you know, subtle, but enough of an increase that made me think maybe now is the right time. Hmm. Maybe now I, if, if I presented a solid idea that it would work. And so we, um, 
started looking around and then I realized a lot of other smart people or at least people who were uh, you know, familiar with the technology were thinking the same thing because the number of projects launching was accelerating. Mm. So then the thinking went to, okay, instead of launching our own project and just having a very narrow focus without knowing if that's the uh, right project to launch and, and, and work on, uh, we could touch multiple projects by doing advisory work. I had also just finished building a team of two dozen people for the digital marketing agency. So I wasn't really looking forward to starting from scratch and building again. a team again. <laughs> so I said, okay, advisory is good. I can do it with a very uh, small uh, team. And we started um, what's now known as Beyond Enterprises. And uh, initially our focus was just advisory, pure advisory. Uh, and slowly, after a couple of projects, we realized good advice without good execution does not lead to much. So started adding um, execution teams. We added a dev team. We added a marketing team. Uh, we added some legal support. We added community management globally because that's, uh, you know, in essence, uh, mm. one of the pillars of any blockchain project. Yep. Well, any business period, but especially important in, yeah. uh, in our in space, space because without, without a community, uh, you don't have the support structure to grow your business, mm. grow your project. So, um, again, in the past, uh, three years, we've touched over 50 projects, uh, uh, some very large, well-known, other uh, less uh, lesser-known ones, but uh, very, you know, we, we're very proud of every single one of them. And um, I think last May, when we quickly did a market check, uh, the market cap of the projects we contributed to was over $17 billion. Wow. Uh, so that's right now almost 15%. You know, 12, 15 percent of the market. Obviously, it's probably lower now since the market corrected even more. I suspect if we ran the numbers again, it'll be somewhere around 10. But uh, still, still means Solid. A, a, a meaningful contribution. And in the process, I uh, been investing in technology for a decade plus. Uh, so focused everything to blockchain, uh, realigned our VC fund with, to be just a crypto VC fund. And, and, um, and, and more importantly, I started seeing opportunities to give back and, and share my experience, my journey, but also put blockchain in a positive light. Mm. Instead of all the doom and gloom and negative news that you see, I, I wanted to be a, a voice that is positive and talks about all the positive things that are happening and all the positive changes this technology uh, and community can bring to the world. So increased, uh, you know, traveling and, and participation in the conferences. And here we are after a million miles traveled, uh, you know, I'm talking to you. Yeah. Well, all the way around the world, probably 65,000 times, I get it. Uh, lots of travel goes on with a lot of people in this space. And it's, uh, it's highly commendable as to how much you've actually pulled together in the market cap based on, you know, the projects that you've brought in. So there must be some really big ones that have survived and prospered throughout this bear market, which is fantastic to hear, mate. One of the questions I've got for you, uh, and it's sort of leaning towards the, the VC side as opposed to the, um, the advisory side, which probably go hand in hand in some certain extent, I, I would imagine. 
Um, I mean, what, what sort of things are you looking for at the moment, given the market where it is? Are you looking for new projects? Are you investing into old projects and trying to restructure them and rebrand them and bring them back to the market with a maybe a bit more life? What's the focus of the VC side of it at the moment for you guys? Well, that's, that's a really good question and really interesting too. So um, when this is not our first crypto winter, we've been through a yeah. few of these. When the market uh, goes down and there's a correction, of course, outside money uh, pulls out and starts waiting to see what's going to happen next. Yeah. When you have a bull market, everyone's coming in at whatever price into yep. whatever project. Because Madness. It's a bull run, yes. Uh, when you have a bear market, people are very cautious. So we did two things. Um, our mission statement for the VC side was invest crypto and crypto in, in uh, synergistic projects. Yep. So instead of saying we're just going to do infrastructure, we wanted to do infrastructure plus whatever platform is built on it, plus whatever dApps are built on it. So uh, basically nurture the whole vertical uh, in, in specific industries, as opposed to saying we're, we're only doing you know, new blockchains or we're only doing new uh, protocols, something like that. Um, the second change was we, we started, um, uh, the, the first change is we started building our own projects. Yeah, so when there's a crypto winter, we build. We like yes. building stuff. I love building stuff. Uh, obviously, as investors, we support the progress and, and, and success of the projects we get involved with. But when the caliber and the quantity of projects that are available is uh, reduced the way it has been in 2018, we look at areas that we would have invested in that no one's building in and create internal project teams and uh, spin out those businesses. So we've built three projects in the, in, in the past year. Uh, we have a eco impact project with carbon credits. We have a, a jobs platform that's going to take out Upwork and Fiverr and all those uh, platforms that take 30, 40% of someone's wages just because they're on a platform. Ours is less than 1% because it's all, all crypto and yeah. you can do that with a DAO model. Because it can be, right? And, and the third one is, a, yeah, is an automated trading platform because uh, I lost my uh, grandmother last year and, and before we lost her, my dream was to create or invest in a project basically that she can put all her retirement savings in and not know anything about crypto, not even know how to spell Bitcoin. But at the end of the day, look at that retirement account or savings account, however you want to qualify it and smile because it returns day after day after day uh, profits on, on her retirement funds. So that idea turned into a more sophisticated, more institutional trading platform uh, for crypto markets. And now we're connected to 84 or maybe more 86 of them right now that we pull order books from. And we yeah. built this uh, very intelligent machine that decides what type of trades to do at any given time and can handle uh, institutional uh, scale of funds. So we've been building, 
on the investment side, of course, we kept investing throughout 2018. Yeah, good uh, not as intensely as 2017, but and and the focus uh, switched a little bit from tokens coins to more equity plus tokens coins because in 2017 it was exciting to uh, participate in a project like eos yeah you know that was it's 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 a great project again i'm i'm a firm believer in what they're doing however there was uh you know there was an equity component because it's a foundation it's the ethereum bitcoin model where uh, uh, you know, they want the community to keep building it once it's mm. launched. Um, if if a similar project came now, I would probably say I need equity and don't do a foundation. You know, yeah. do an operating company maybe with a uh, with a foundation under it to funnel all the economics into if that's what you want. But I want to invest in some equity because most of our equity investments ha have proven to survive yep. the, uh, the nuclear winter and a uh, majority of the tokens have fallen. Now it's, it's important where you got in. So even in this down market, we're, we're still profitable on, on yep. most of our investments, mm -hmm. but it's not the return we're looking for. Hmm. That's it. So it doesn't really uh, put a smile on. Yeah, I hear you. And look, I mean, when you talk about like the man, a lot more funding, like private equity. That's not the sort of investment thing. thesis. Yeah. Oop, sorry, I just lost you for a second there. All right, sorry, you're back. Um, Can you hear me? Yep, you're back. We just had a little little internet glitch on on your end. We went a bit robotic uh, but we're back again now so one of the questions I mean, we did see last year a lot more vcs and private equity coming into the space and as you say quite rightly a lot more looking for the equity component to go with the token side of things do you guys do much investing into companies that um, are involved in the space but don't necessarily have a token so it's just basically absolutely, an equity absolutely. Uh, we we have a few investments uh on on the fund side in in companies that uh, are using distributed ledgers or blockchain uh, in very different ways, and it's uh, it's always exciting. Like the token or or, or a cryptocurrency is, is fine; it's it's a common and accepted use, but it's not mandatory for a blockchain business. You can mm. be a blockchain business and not issue a single token and just use the distributed model with uh, smart contracts to accomplish a lot of the uh, business necessities. And that's, that's a solid investment for us because we understand the value of having that distributed model and how disintermediation usually results in a leaner business that can compete better in the marketplace. Yeah, is there any particular um, areas at the moment that you're sort of, you said last year you built three companies, one of course, which you explained uh, the, the trading algorithm or the trading bot or whatever you want to call that. Um, do you have um, any focus at the moment as to what sort of areas that you would like some exposure that you may not have or that you're looking to get further exposure in sector wise? Um, exposure we don't have. probably. <clears throat> in the um, in the biotech space, yep. where I think there are uh, going to be very valid and, and accelerating 
reasons to use blockchain. Uh, we don't have much exposure in anything, uh, pharma tech, biotech, anything like that. Uh, that would be interesting if the project came and used uh, the blockchain in a way that gave them such an advantage that uh, compelled us to invest and, and take that journey with them. Um, a deeper exposure would be probably cryptocurrencies. Uh, I'm, I'm a, a big believer in, in uh, privacy coins. Yep. Uh, the same way no one is tracking the serial numbers of your uh, paper money. Uh, I don't believe just because it's digital, people should be tracking uh, your transactions. And that's just, I mean, obviously, uh, there are always nefarious uh, entities that use that for uh, illegal or yeah. malicious uh you know, ways, but so does, you know, so is the banking system yeah. and the fiat money. We're not going to stop using money just because it's used for bad by bad people. Mm. Uh, but again, a deeper uh, involvement would be interesting um, because we're backers of uh, upcoming projects such as Beam. Uh, you know, we believe in uh, the value of having something like that on top of other. And of course, stable coins. And, and the opportunities they represent is also interesting. So cryptocurrencies, infrastructure, uh, fintech, banking, money transfers, insure tech, uh, we, we have uh, good exposure, but we can of course go deeper because once you have one or two recognized projects in, in one vertical, it's much easier to bring visibility to the third one with your involvement. Yeah. And, and we're, you know, we're not uh, huge check writers. You know, you have your uh, funds that write enormous checks because they want to come in later stages and that's yeah. what it takes to get in. Uh, we're more early stage investors. So the, the network, the, the, the smart money factor is equally important as the funds we put in. And we, we try to be uh, smart about those decisions. I mean, looking at um, each of your investments that you've made, are you are you typically going in there? Is is it usually millions of dollars? Are you really like? I mean, you don't have to say this, of course, but I mean, just to get an idea of the scale and the size of investments that that are going into the space at the moment, are we talking about you know you you're leveraging yourself more on your assets based on your team and the expertise that you bring, or is it a bit of both where you go, look, you know, you need a couple of million bucks, here it is, and we bring the team, let's plug in, but we need X equity in this play as well as tokens. I'd say it's a bit of both. That's a, that's a fair assessment. I mean, it depends on what what stage. Obviously, you can't go in uh, with two million dollars in the friends and family stage and take two hundred percent of the equity because they're raising at you know yeah. a million dollars or like five hundred k. So, because we like getting involved early, the initial checks are usually smaller. Yep, and then we do follow on rounds. Yep. So I. Personally, as an angel investor, like seed, obviously, if I know the people, friends and family is okay, but seed and uh, bridge may be an A round. And then as a VC fund, because the check sizes are bigger, we do A, B, and we haven't done any Cs yet. But, uh, you know, so each investment is proportionate to, to, to the stage the business so is at. And we, yeah like doing follow-on investments. The, the challenge that I've seen having invested in over hundreds 
yeah, over 100 companies, projects so far, uh, is fairness. You know, how do you create a fair uh, cap table for everyone involved? So not one investor has too much exposure or too much control. Not one founder has too little equity or too much uh, money that's just laying around. And it's very hard to balance that out, even for good projects. So we try not to take a huge chunk of any round, because if we do that, we know that one, the exposure is higher, and two, there's less uh, of a support network around it. You know, if let's say you're doing a 2 million seed round, you take one, one investor, now it's a partnership. Yeah. Right. It's not it's not a founder investor. Now you have a partner and they're going to be involved with the day to day operations and their networks, you know, come with them uh, as a, 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 after their investment. But that's it. Instead, if you take 10, 200 K checks, now you divided the, uh, the risk among 10 different investors. And now you have 10 times the network if they're mm. equally. Uh, you know, well, uh, connected. Yeah. yeah. Well connected people. That's going to give the project much more exposure. So I don't know which one is the best. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's specific to each project, each business. So again, we look at it and try to not be too demanding and, and say, this is what we want and we're going to get it or we're out more yeah. like, Hey, let's understand the ecosystem let's understand where we're going to have the highest impact and invest accordingly. And if it's money, then we'll put in the money and, you know, sit on the side lines and just watch it grow. That's, that's okay too. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Is there? As long as you know, you've got a good team in place that can do it for you. That's what we all want, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Excellent. And look, um, what's going on in your view at the moment? Obviously we have gone through a pretty rough period throughout 2018, 2019 is kind of, consolidated a little bit a couple of little green shoots of positivity starting to creep in a lot more, more positive <clears throat> news but it's only because the market's gone up a little bit that the news seems to report if today is going to be a big green candle the news tomorrow will be bullish if it's a big red candle the news tomorrow will be bearish so news can be pretty it's it, it, it's a la lagging indicator is what i would call it um anyone who trades based off the news unless you're getting it before it gets out there you're too late um but the market has been showing a little bit more signs of strength um and now i'm not sure how interested or how much you sort of pay any attention to what's going on as the industry as a whole i'm sure you do but on so on on the um uh price side as well as the technology side what do you see for 2019 um, so, so I'm, I believe in odd years and even years. You, you look at, uh, you look at the years since Bitcoin launched, uh, pretty okay. steadily, you'll see even years have been bearish and odd years have been bullish. Good. I mean, 2017, <laughs> 16, 15, 14. It's, it's, uh, there's pretty much a pattern there. Of course, you know, that doesn't mean anything, but I, I think we had enough of a shakedown of bad projects, inexperienced investors, mm. uh, people just in there to make a quick buck, don't really care about the community, don't really care about the industry, don't really care about anything other than what I can get out of this uh, space today and, and how much. Mm. Um, I think it, we're going to see a steady 
organic growth this year, again, it can go out of control again if too many people come at once and uh, think they're going to become millionaires overnight. But uh, even if that doesn't happen, and I honestly hope it doesn't happen, yeah, it's we're going to see a steady growth in 2019 for a couple of reasons. One, all of the projects that launched in 2016, 17, raised enough to see the day of light, light of day, uh, they're, they're coming online slowly, but they're coming online. Most of the time I've seen uh, on the technology side, good traction after year three. So three to six, seven is when you, when you can look at a project and say, okay, they're on, uh, on the right track. They've built yeah. something, there's market demand. This is going to become a business and profitable. Or you look at it and you say, this wasn't the right call. Let's, uh, if we can do, do a pivot, let's, let's change stuff around because this is not going to work. So most projects are coming into that stage, which is exciting. That's going to yield some good uh, positive uh, market movements and, and news because when a project launches and they start making money, of course, uh, <clears throat> it uh, can be captured at the token level and, and create really good, uh, uh, goodwill in the space. The second is a lot of the big players that were calling Bitcoin and crypto scam are creating their own coins now. Mm. Now, is that, that going to affect the market cap? Probably indirectly, not directly. Yeah. But if if JP Morgan launches and, and their internal large clients start seeing the coin movements in their private network mm -hmm. and see how fast those transfers are happening, assuming they do it right, there's no guarantee, but assuming they do it right, you're going to see those same people start thinking about, oh, maybe I should buy some Ethereum. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should buy some Bitcoin. Maybe I'll get some Tron, whatever is in their mind uh, or in their region. So it's going to open them up to... Uh, looking at uh, alternative uh, investments in crypto more positively. I've, I've seen a lot of this uh, because I was just traveling and talked to a lot of uh, family offices and very, very traditional conservative investors uh, from Middle East to Asia. And, and the overall sentiment was, we're curious, we want to know, we want to get exposure, we don't know how, which is great. You know, yeah. when you admit you don't know something, you, you start learning. So yep. there's going to be a lot of learning happening in, in uh, what's exciting for me and what's exciting for the blockchain space is these are very influential uh, yeah. investors in different industries. So once they get comfortable, uh, there's, you're not going to see this jump to eight, 900 billion and drop to 100 because yeah, it's a money grab. If, if next, I, I firmly believe next time we hit eight, 900 or a trillion market cap, it's going to be a much more stronger. Robust. Uh, yeah. 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 Than then where it was, uh, December two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certainly is an interesting time. I'm very happy to be involved in this space. There's a huge amount going on and it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, mate. Um, I've really enjoyed going through what you, you know, what you guys are doing and I, uh, I look forward to talking to you again down the track. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Brad founder, CEO of beyond enterprises. Where can My people find pleasure. more information? I want them to know My where pleasure. they can find more information about you, mate. 
Okay. Okay. Thank you for having me. So you can, uh, you can reach me at Brad at beyondenterprises.com with a C. Excellent. Well, thanks so much once again. Uh, we'll speak to you again very soon. Thanks everybody for watching. Bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters. This show is proudly sponsored by coinspot.com.au with the largest range of cryptocurrencies anywhere in the Australian market. With an updated verification process, you can now be verified using only your driver's license or passport within seconds. You can instantly deposit funds and instantly start buying and selling your favorite cryptocurrencies in under five minutes. Coinspot are giving away $10 worth of free Bitcoin for each verified user once they make their first deposit. Just go to coinspot.com.au forward slash BTC123. Views are of the advertiser, not Trader Cobb or the audio presenter.